Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. As I said just moments ago, I'm very excited for this message. But before I begin, I just want to ask you to do something. It feels almost foreign to ask this. It's sort of strange. But would you help us out? by doing just the simple thing. Can you subscribe? If you're watching on YouTube right now, can you just subscribe to our YouTube and turn your notifications on? There's just these interesting little things that go a long way. Like when you like a video like this, or you put a comment on it, it actually helps uh, YouTube now to send it out to more people. And here's this really crazy, cool phenomenon that's taking place. Every week, I'm hearing from people that I don't know, And I don't even know if you know that they just found this video somehow and they're being touched by it, being blessed by it. We've had people like just last week, someone made a decision for Jesus that I have never met. They want to get connected into a hub. They want to be part of our church and they found the video on YouTube. The little things we do can actually go a long way. And so I know it's sort of weird. It feels like self promote kind of, but let's do this together as a church. Make sure you're subscribed to the page. Turn your notifications on, like this video, comment, begin to share, and let's see what we can do to actually spread the message of the gospel farther. Is that cool with everyone? I told you today's like a chatty day. Tell me it's cool. Okay, I see, I see, I see you think it's cool. We're in this together. Here we go. I want to share this message. It's pretty simple, but we are going to look at, at quite a bit of scripture. And so buckle up, get ready. This message is entitled Love for the Long Haul. Love for the Long Haul. As you know, we're in the book of Proverbs. And this one proverb, as I read it through this week, just stood out to me. And it, it's got me thinking some thoughts. And I want to share those thoughts with you today. It's Proverbs chapter 20. And verse 6, Proverbs 20 and verse 6, it says this, Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. It's an easy claim to say we love something, but can we actually have the faithfulness to love that thing or that person for the long haul? You know, one verse before that, in verse 5, it says this, The purpose of a person's heart is like deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. Today, I'm going to endeavor by the scripture to have some insight and to help us draw from the deep waters of our own intentions. Because on the surface, we always feel like what we do is justified. On the surface, we always feel like we had a reason to do the things we did and it's completely justifiable and it totally makes sense. And if someone else didn't get it, it's their bad, not ours. But as we go a little bit deeper, we really understand the, the depths of the actual intentions that motivate our actions. So today, I want to ask you the question, when you say you love something, how do you prove it? Like, how do you show that you really love that person, that thing? Do you know, th- this week will be 22 years since Jennifer and I first met. And she caught my eye. And she looked at me and thought, that's a guy worth getting to know. 22 summers ago, just as we, we began recording right now, uh, Jimena, who's incredible and is in the we, in the office every week helping us record and edit. And man, she is fantastic. Shout outs to Jimena. She let me know that she was not yet born when Jennifer and I first met and our love story began to be told. It, it was easy to see that there were some things that I liked, but love 
developed over time. In fact, we look back at old letters that we used to write. It's so funny to look back. We used to write handwritten letters. We lived in different cities and we read things like this. I like you so much. Like, I really like you. The more I get to know you, the more I like you. Isn't it funny? Like, liking something, it's pretty tangible. When we like something, it's pretty, like, objective. I like this quality about you. And the more qualities I get to know, the more I like. But love is something deeper than that. In fact, here's what the proverb is saying. That love is expressed through faithfulness. I think that's incredible because sometimes we think love is expressed through passion. The louder you can be, the more you must love. The, the, the more expressive or, or the more, if it we're talking in, in a relational sense, the more romantic you can be, the more you must love something. But it's actually longevity that proves love. Here, here the writer of the Proverbs says this, it's easy to, to feel love for something and it's easy to claim I've got that love for something, but what does my action look like. I love that word faithful because faithfulness is what faith looks like. If we really truly have a deep faith in God, a deep trust and understanding in God, we talked about trust a couple of weeks ago, to trust in the Lord with all our heart, lean not on our own understanding, acknowledge God in all our ways, then he directs our path. That type of faith, it results in a life of faithfulness, a life that keeps on doing the things that matter. Imagine with me for a moment if, if my relationship with Jennifer was always nostalgic only. If it was always only backwards looking. If every juncture and every moment it was, hey, let's take a minute and remember. Remember the summer of 98? Wow. Really great. The summer of 98 when we met. Oh, the nostalgia of it all. If that was the only expression of love, you would have to question, is that love really Real. It certainly hasn't been love for the long haul if the best stories are 22 years old. Imagine if our relationship with Jesus, our testimony of what the Lord has done in our life, if the best stories we have are all once upon a time. You see, the, the, the love relationship you and I are to have with God is proven through faithfulness. The love that we have for God that we claim, oh man, I'm just so passionate about my faith. Then we show it by living lives of faithfulness. By continuing to do the things that we say we prioritize step by step and day by day. Let me show you a, a verse in, in 1 John. It reminds me of this uh, incredible little passage in 1 John. If you have a Bible, uh, turn there with me. 1 John, we're going to go. It's funny, I've been, been preaching a long time. And uh, you would think that just marking the spot in the scripture where I was going to go would be a great habit to begin to develop, but I just don't carry enough book, bookmarks with me. Here we go. First John chapter two, starting at verse 15. Let's, let's check this out here. It says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love for the father isn't in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life it comes not from the Father, but from the world. And the world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Interesting little dynamic that John is setting up. He says this, if you really love God, if your heart is truly after God, then it can't be for the world. And vice versa, if you really love the world, it's pretty, pretty hard and impossible really to love God the Father. Now, I just want to clarify this. You can like the world. 
In fact, like God created it. It's beautiful. This is not talking about nature. You're like, oh no, I'm a hiker. I, I love the world. It doesn't mean I don't love God. No, that's not what it's talking about. You know, if you're into recycling, this doesn't mean that's not spiritual. Okay, just back that whole train up. Here's what, what John is saying is you can really only have one true love. You can only have one thing that gets the best of your time, the best of your attention, and the best of your expense. Like what you put your time towards, give your attention to, and invest yourself expense-wise into, that's what you love. And here John is speaking of the world as just like the systems that are temporary. Stuff, affirmation, praise, position, uh, the acquisition of more. It's like the, the things that we experience uh, in this lifetime, John says, if that's what gets all your time, all your attention, and that you're willing to throw your expense after, it's probably going to be pretty difficult for you to, with integrity, say, but I really love God. I love God, but all my time is spent on things that have nothing to do with God. All my attention is given to things that have nothing to do with God. And I'm willing to expense and go after things that have nothing to do with God and, and give God what's left over. He goes, like, really, you got to make a decision. You can only really have one true love. You know, I've heard it said recently that every decision creates division. I like that. You might want to even write that down. Every decision you make in life creates division. Because when you say yes to one thing, you are actually saying no to many other things. Like when I said yes to Jennifer, 22 years ago we met, a couple years later we, we stood in front of a group of people and before God and man I said I do. It was a decision for her and a no to everyone else. It was making a decision that created division. I choose one thing and because I choose this one thing, everything else is secondary. And that's really what John is inviting you and I into, that our faith becomes primary, our faith becomes the most important thing in our life. And then everything else in the world kind of fades away. It's like this old song we used to sing in church. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Like choose today what you will love. Choose today what gets the best of my time, the best of my attention, and the best of my expense. Now as we bring that back to love, the proverb says that if we're going to love God with an unfailing love, if He's going to be our, our true and one and only and our heart's desire, then it's showed through faithfulness. Now you and I can say, oh, there's justifiable reasons behind everything that I do. All my attention, my expense, my time, there's justifiable reasons why I've got to do that and I have to do that. But let's have some insight today and dig a little bit deeper and really challenge ourselves, am I living this long-haul type of love? Is the faithfulness of the way I express my love for God consistent and congruent with the type of love that I want to have? Now, the good news is this. If it's not today, your love for God can grow. If it's not presently today where you'd like it to be, God, by His grace, is not mad at you. He's actually beckoning you to grow deeper in love with Him and to express that faithfulness more with blessing in store for you. I imagine, I mean, as romantic as it might be, if the first time you laid eyes on that person you love, you're like, hey, I just want you to know I love you and I'll give you anything and I'll do it. That's creepy. That's not romantic. It's just creepy. Love grows and love develops and then over time it gets richer and richer and it's not proven by loudness. It's proven by longevity. 
Your love is not proven in its passion, in moments. It's proven in a life of faithfulness. So now, now in the proverb, let me show you a few things that are taking place here. Some dynamics that, that cause me to ask some challenging questions of myself. Did you notice in 1 John there it said that the, the world kind of has these three sets of temptations. The, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. In other words, the things that I experience and that I enjoy the experience of can be a distraction to what I say I really love. The things that I see and that I give my gaze to and that I long for can actually become things that I'm envious of, jealous of, covetous towards, and, and can distract me from where all of my time and attention and affection ought to be, which is really on my relationship with God. And then that pride of life piece, if I'm not careful, my focus becomes completely inward, all about me, and I forget about the one who is the giver of every good and perfect gift. So let, let me show you a few things that this plays out in, a few ways that this plays out, maybe some questions you can ask yourself as we dig for some insight and say, do I really love God in a way that is shown by faithfulness? You know, in that area of, of the lust of the flesh, we're talking about, about craving, we're talking about sex, we're talking about uh, 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 comfort, laziness, all the things that just feel good to enjoy right here and right now. And there is no person who's watching this right now who does not contend with temptations towards the lust of the flesh. Every single one of us does. And this is not a question, Do am I tempted that way? This is a question, is what do I do with that temptation? And I think the, the overreaction would be, if I want to show God how much I love Him, I won't enjoy anything. If I want to show God how much I love Him, then nothing else matters. I won't rest well. I won't eat well. My relationships won't be any good. I, I won't have anything. I won't enjoy anything. Now, that would not be what faithfulness looks like. Let me show you here in, in the proverb. It says this, Proverbs 21 and verse 17. It says, whoever loves pleasure will become poor. Whoever loves wine and olive oil will never actually be rich. But then just... Three verses later, in verse 20, it says this, The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. See the picture that's being painted here? If you love experience for the sake of experience, you will never actually be abounding in experience. If you love pleasure for pleasure's sake, you will never actually have the, the pleasure that you sought after. It's like this diminishing return as you run after more and more experience, more and more craving, more and more pleasure. But as you can see, the wise person has olive oil, has choice food. There's nothing wrong with wine. There's nothing wrong with possession. It is this question is, what's my love? Is my attention, my affection, my expense, my time, am I giving it towards the acquisition of more, the experience of more? If so, I might never actually experience how good it could be. And you know, later on in the same page in my, in my Bible, it says this, uh, Proverbs 21 down to verse uh, 25, it says, The cravings of a sluggard will be the death of him, because his hands refuse to work. All day long he craves for more, but the righteous... Give without sparing. The righteous give without sparing. In other words, part of why we have is so we can give. I want us to ask the question, to whom am I giving? Am I giving my best? 
like what God has blessed me with? Am I so overwhelmed in grat- with gratitude over what I have that I'm sharing it with others? It's one of the things that destroys the lust of the flesh in our life when we are generous. When what we have, we say, oh, it's mine now, but I'm giving this thing away. And I'm actually storing up olive oil and choice food so I can give without, without any sparing. In fact, look at what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. I told you we were going to look at a lot of scripture today. And uh, I do my best not to lie at church at home. Here we go. 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6. Very similar theme here. It says this. Command those, verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain but instead to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Oh my. You're watching that today and you're saying, well, that's good for some rich people out there. Well, let let me give you some context. It says, Rich, in this present world, in this present world, if you live in Canada and you make minimum wage in Canada, you have a job that gives you minimum wage in Canada, you are in the top 4.7% of the world's wealth. You and I are rich in this present age. You and I are the ones that this is speaking to. And the Bible says this, command those who have, and you got, I hardly have enough to survive, but you have more than almost every other person on the planet today. It says, command those who have something not to put their hope in that thing, but instead to understand that God gives us everything for our pleasure. Enjoy what you have. Enjoy what, what's been given to you. But command those, it says, to be generous and to give without sparing, knowing that God will supply for all your needs according to His riches. Like This is a good test for you and I. To whom am I giving? What am I giving? Am I giving of the best of myself? It's one of the things that combats that, that lust of the flesh that says, I want to acquire so I can experience its mine. Uh, a person who's really faithful, who truly loves God, goes, everything I have comes from the Lord. And so you can look at the way I give, the expense from my life, the attention and time that I give away, and understand I'm doing this for the Lord. Why am I faithful with what is my, what, what is under my care, what God has blessed me with? Because I really love Him. I really love Him, and so I'm happy to give away. Is that cool? So the, the pride of, or the lust of the flesh, we could go down every single silo and say, well, let's talk about it specifically when it comes to sexual temptation. Let's talk about this specifically when it comes to uh, gluttony or how we handle food. Let's talk about it specifically as it comes to addiction, specifically as it comes to laziness versus comfort versus rest. We can look at any of those things, but one of the greatest questions you can ask yourself is, am I giving? Is my life a life of giving or a life of getting. Second area that is a temptation that John says will be a temptation for everyone. If we're not careful and we love the world and we just want what the world has for us, we will miss what God has for us. That second area is the uh, the lust of the eyes. Now this is kind of an interesting uh, interesting one. And then I think the greatest way you could put it is it's about your gaze. It's not about your glance. It's about your gaze. It's not about glancing at things and noticing the world around you. In fact, even in the Proverbs, it says, uh, ears to hear and eyes to see, God has made them both. So, so seeing things is not the issue. It's about our gaze, to where do we give our gaze. This, this is speaking to living a life of covetousness. Living a life where I say, I want what they have. I see someone else has what I want, and if I could just acquire what they have. I think the, the lust of the eyes 
is a constant battle of distraction. Like the lust of the flesh is about desire. The lust of the eyes is about distraction. I want you to ask yourself, where am I giving my gaze? What am I gazing upon? When I have moments of, uh, you know, no, no demand on my time, my energy, my effort, my resource, where's my mind going to? Where's my focus going to? What am I living for? What am I getting up for in the morning? And if it's something as, as hollow and as shallow as having what someone else has or getting what you want, I would question if that's the type of love that lasts the long haul, if that's the type of faithfulness that's so much deeper than just love that's loud. It's, it's actually longevity and ongoing passion. You see, I think the lust of the eye, because it is a distraction, is always about shortcutting the process. It's always about just getting what I want right now because I want it. Look at what Proverbs 20 verse 17 says. It says, food gained by fraud tastes sweet, but one ends up with a mouthful of gravel. Proverbs 20 and verse 21 says, An inheritance claimed too soon will not be blessed in the end. Uh, if you go back to, oh man, there's so many good ones here. Uh, let's go, yeah, let's look at like Proverbs 19.2. It says, Desire without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? You see, if we're trying to shortcut the process, if we're just trying to get what we want when we want it, we end up with this mixed up understanding of what it really is to experience the fullness of what God has for us. You know, there's one other one I want to show you here. Uh, it says this. Oh man, let me find it here. You see, if you look at my Bible, I just have kind of random notes, things that stood out to me. But it says this, that, that, that we could desire sacrifice, but God actually is looking for obedience more. It, it says that we could want, like, we think sacrifice looks great, but God just wants our obedience. Just do the right thing. So, so one of the things we could ask ourselves in this season, right here, right now, is am I gazing at the shortcut? Am I shortcutting the process by what I am gazing at? I just want to acquire because someone else has what I want and so I want it. Or can I actually be satisfied with steps of obedience? See, for a lot of us, when we recognize our gaze is off, we make this big grand gesture. We go, okay, God, I'll sacrifice it all. And God's like, well, I don't want your sacrifice. I just want your obedience. It's like the person who goes, I'm going to run, you know, 10,000 miles and do uh, 50,000 push-ups and, and, and I just won't eat for the next month and then I'll be healthy. Well, that's just not the way it works. God's not looking for your sacrifice. He's not looking for loud love. He's looking for long love. Are you with me? He's not looking for loud, expressive, passionate. God, I'm just so into you. My hands are raised. I'm jumping. I'm dancing. I'm singing. It's like I'm living with faithfulness day by day and trusting in this process. Is that, is that cool? It's like, it's like the person, I don't know if you, you have friends like this. Do you ever have the person who shows you a before and after photo and they're so excited about the big sacrifices that they've made, but you can't tell the difference between before and after? Oh, I love that. Like, check out these two photos. It's amazing what my new diet is doing. And you're like, which is the before and which one is the after? We're so quick to want praise for, oh, you're amazing. Oh, you're so amazing for all that you're doing instead of just Doing the right thing, moment by moment, day by day, living it out and seeing God bring the blessing. Lastly, the pride of life. Man, I got more excited about this than I thought I might get. I could go for a, probably about an hour today, but I'm going to bring it to a close here. See, the lust of the flesh 
is all about desire. The lust of the eyes is all about distraction. And the pride of life, it's just all about ourself. What I want to ask you today, when it comes to the lust of the flesh, we're saying, how am I giving? To whom am I giving? Does it look like I understand all that good pleasure that God has brought to my life is to be shared? The lust of the eyes, the question ought to be, what am I gazing at? Am I trying to shortcut the process? But when it comes to the pride of life, the one question I want you to ask yourself is, am I growing? And if there's no growth in your life, then we, we have to address it with humility. Where there is no growth, we have to assume that there is a lack of humility at work and we need to put into practice some humility. Look what it says here in Proverbs 21 in verse 4. It says, haughty eyes and a proud heart. They're like the unplowed field of the wicked and they produce sin. For you and I, what, what are we producing in our life? Are we growing? If we're growing, it will be shown through humility. If our life is humble, it'll be shown, I should say, through growth. That we're actually getting better. We're actually getting stronger. By God's grace, we're learning how to say no. That, that our boldness for the gospel is growing. That our, our love for the lost is growing. It's amazing when it comes to the lust of the eye, we just want to shortcut the process and get what we want. When it comes to the pride of life, we live with ourself as the only focus. We maybe not even gazing at the world around us. We're just looking at ourselves in a mirror saying, aren't you amazing? But, but a humble person has a soft heart. And that soft heart produces good fruit. So I just want you to ask yourself, how am I growing? Am I happy with my growth? Or, or maybe ask it this way, is God happy with my growth? Am I becoming more like Jesus? And for each one of us, maybe we look at it and you say, I'm not where I want to be. It's not about being there yet. It's about getting there. It's about growing there. It's easy to say, oh God, I haven't loved you enough. And that's why I'm not growing. No, no, no. It's about faithfulness. Let's live out in faithfulness. So I want to, I want to challenge you today. Make a decision that creates some division. Make that decision. God, you've got my attention. You've got my focus. You've got my time and my expense. Make that decision today. I'm willing to say no to what I, I want to experience right now, to say no to what's got my attention right now, and even to say no to myself, because I want to grow to be more like you. And I'm trusting that the growth that comes in my life brings fruit. And like it says in John 15, that fruit actually brings glory to God. It's fruit that will last for the long haul. Let me pray with you. Maybe today you don't know Jesus as your Savior. I want to pray and invite you to give your life to Jesus and to begin that journey. It might be right now you're saying, oh, God, I like God. God, I like you so much. I really like you. The more I get to know about you, the more I like you. I kind of like church and I kind of like worship and I kind of like things. But love is that decision. I'm creating a division right now. You've got my attention. You've got my focus. You've got the best of me, the best of my expense. And it, it begins with a prayer just like this. God, I give you my life. If you pray that prayer today, that's you. God, I give you my life. It's not the only thing you and God need to talk about, but it's a great place to start. God, you have my life. Right now, Jesus, I pray for every person praying that prayer. May today be a day of new beginnings, of fresh starts. And as they go, may they grow. Help us, God, in our our our. our battle against the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life that you would get the best of us in Jesus' name. Guys, I love you so much. And today I, I want to ask you and challenge you. 
we're going to receive the offering. Typically, we do it earlier in the service. But before we go today, I want to ask you, encourage you, even challenge you in a very practical way. Am I giving toward the thing that God cares about? Jesus said this, I'm going to build my church and not even the gates of hell will prevail against it. In a time like this, when we can't gather the way we might normally gather, and maybe we can't experience all the things about church that we really like, we can still express to God, you've got my affection, you've got my attention, and you've got my love, because I'm continually investing in what you care about, that people who are lost could be found. I want to thank those of you who have faithfully given through this season. And I want to challenge everyone who calls Vivid home. Maybe because you used to gather in person and we will again soon. Or maybe because you found this church online in this season. You're like, that's becoming my home. That's becoming my church. I want to challenge you to invest in it. To be a part of it. To be about what God is doing here. And to make even that little step of sharing. If you're asking yourself the question, do I, am I hoarding or am I sharing? Today's your moment to begin to share. There's going to be a link in the chat right now. You can give that way. You can always give online. But let me pray for you and your family as you give today. And then I'll dismiss you. I'll invite you to just share it with someone, I guess. We're, we're done, is what I'm saying. Jesus, thank you so much for every family represented here. And I pray that you would pour out your blessing in our lives as we continue to prioritize you, even in small ways like this. I pray that faith would stir up in our hearts for all you have for our future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you today as you give and have the greatest week, all right? Thursday night's hub. Next week, we gather church at home in some house parties and even in some live gatherings at the Scotiabank Dance Center downtown. I look forward to seeing you in one of those expressions. God bless you. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.